Okay, hi Claire. Thanks a million for joining me on the podcast. Hi Orla, thanks for having me. This has been a highly anticipated uh, episode. I got a good few messages when I when I put it up on, on Instagram. Uh, but I want to know, uh, back growing up for you, who or what got you into sport? I know your mom is a, an avid runner, but who was the first person to put a basketball in your hand? Yeah, um, you're at my family here. Sport mad. Like we, we played lots of different sports growing up. I have three brothers and um, well, I suppose it was probably athletics first. I was big into athletics and used to play community games and be in Mosney and an older brother kind of three years older than me and I used to be watching him and um playing football and athletics and different things and then yeah it was I'd say it was about nine or ten and got involved in the basketball in so I'm from more and more in the club's Mary um and I got involved there about nine or ten um but yeah no I loved it from the start and did athletics and basketball then for for a good few years kind of moving through the end of primary school and all through secondary school um yeah uh yeah no just really really liked it from the start kind of the speed of it and I think kind of my speed from athletics and then I made a lot of my friends that started playing and yeah no um loved it from the start about nine or ten very good I have that list of honors uh that I got sent by someone but the one I wanted to to to, to pick out of the many honors you have the pentathlon yeah how did you get into that so that's the athletics pentathlon. So it's like multi. So I did lots of different events kind of growing up. Um, middle distance, I suppose, I kind of focused on eventually. But so the pentathlon was the 60 meter hurdles, high jump, long jump, shot put, and you finish with an 800 meters. And then you, you do all of them in the day and you get points for different ones, depending on how you're getting on. And um, yeah, so I you have to, had to qualify and did the national one and qualified they sent four to Glasgow I went the year before I did two years after I think um and then I think when I was in second year yeah I went and I came first and so you, you're representing Ireland as a team event as well but it's an individual event too between Ireland England Scotland and Wales so I won it and yeah no I'm delighted it was definitely my best achievement in athletics um yeah deadly and for you then you obviously mentioned basketball how you loved it your friends obviously have a big impact on you know what you what you do when you're a teenager that's just the nature yeah. of it when you go to a school that's so basketball orientated how does that affect you as well like that obviously there's obviously probably athletics in the school but when you're in a basketball school and I yeah. didn't go to one and yeah it, it kind of frustrated me in a way because I love basketball and it's like there was no focus on it but what how did that affect your career and and the de- decisions you made in your teenage years Huge amount. Oh, I was delighted with the basketball in, in the village. And I remember even when I was in primary school and looking up to the likes of Michelle Fahey, she was in, they brought home the first cup um, and Joe Shields was coaching that team as well. And I just remember them winning in Tala and bringing the, the cup home to the village, a big celebration. And, you know, me and my friends in second, third class looking up to to these girls and, you know, thinking, God, that would be amazing one day. Um, so then we got, involved kind of playing then and played a bit of club basketball and some kind of school blitzes in primary school but like we were so excited going into first year hugely because of the basketball and like there's first year team and there's playoffs at the end of the year and what if we could get get there and then you your second year you're under 16 and yeah no it's a huge part of, of the village I remember watching my my older brother play in Talab I was up there watching him a few years before I got into the school of twin brother as well and he was involved and no I mean it was no brainer for us. We knew we wanted to go to Ormore. And the great thing is we were a club team, but pretty much all of us went to the same secondary school, you know, so club training and school training was the same group of girls. Um, so we grew up together there playing club in school and just kind of went from strength to strength. That seems to be the same with the current crop that won the under 16 yeah. schools title. They all play for the same club team. When you, you're now living in Cork, when you look at Cork and Galway, obviously basketball's now thriving in Galway, uh, but it is it is religion in Cork. Is what's the difference in terms of small town versus Cork, where you know it is easier to retain players in Cork because you know different opportunities in terms of work yeah. and, and maybe college. What are the different What are the differences there and the pros and cons of both? Yeah, like that was a huge reason why I left Galway um, because, well, I knew I wanted to study PE teaching. So there's UL, UCC and GCU did it at the time. 
Um, so I knew I'd kind of have to leave Galway. But another reason was because there was no um, like opportunity for me to play Super League or Division One National League basketball in Galway at the time, like there is now, which is brilliant. Um, so in Cork, you have those opportunities. There's three Super League teams at the moment now for women, which is great to see. But yeah, huge difference is um, like the girls playing for club here, they kind of all go to different schools here. They're scattered around, you know, so you're going to your club training separate to your school training. Um, and then it's kind of easier as well. Like different clubs would recruit different players and they might kind of change clubs a little bit or, um, you know, start off in their hometown, wherever that is. And then they might transfer to a bigger club for better opportunities for themselves. Or um, we didn't really have that in Galway because we were all from the same place, you know, even from community games up. Uh, we didn't have under 16 AICCs or anything like that that they have now, but it was under 18 Cup that we were focusing on then. And then obviously the under 16, under 19 schools. Um, and then I know well, from being on the Irish team at that time, you'd have the girls in Cork, the girls in Dublin. And yeah, they definitely had different setups. Uh, but I think we were so closely knit then group because we had both. Um and like the trainings were all, all with the same same group of girls and you know just having that success then together with your best friends that you're growing up with like I remember in, in Leaving Cert when we won the the schools cup and then a few that was a Friday night we won the under 18 cup and then the following week we won this the under 19 schools cup and like we were doing our mocks kind of at the time but sure we were just focused on the basket we had like a countdown on our school journals like down to the finals like you know we knew we'd have to do our study and everything as well, but we were January was basketball time, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you when you look back to to that time when you're growing up, you, what was the biggest part of your development? Who was it? A person? Was it your own ability to practice and improve for yourself? How did you How did you get so good? Is what I'm asking <laughs> you, Claire. Really? Oh, uh, I mean, I have a great support system around me. A lot of people uh, that helped me along the way. Joe Shields, fantastic coach. I had him um, all the way up there. And my mom was assistant coach to him. My mom brought me here, there and everywhere for sport. Like she, I remember even before the the school gym was built in Ormore in Cal Sanchez. Um, like she'd collect me from school at lunchtime, bring me up to the Ormore Community Centre and I'd be able to do my, pro- my Irish programme or do my half an hour training and bring me back again like I mean she she would do anything um for us or all the girls on the team as well and then there's lots of girls kind of that I looked up to Michelle Packy's group and and the girls a bit older than me as well and we had a great group kind of coming through um and we we'd all loved it we we'd go take our do our extra training we'd love going to training during the week um pushing each other and 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 really kind of growing together well we were talking before we hit record about the world cup obviously the first game was today when you look at women's sports in ireland now compared to what it was for yourself growing up even in terms of me like i'm only in my 20s and i've seen a massive shift you even and yeah i love the way you keep mentioning michelle fahey because <laughs> you can already see the the effect of you having a female role model that you could look up to well how yeah. is that how, what's the biggest shift you've seen in women's sport in ireland in general or you could get specific with basketball if you want yeah no it's really growing and it's great to see and i, I love to see it as a PE teacher and everything we're trying to keep girls involved in sport as much as we can and looking at the girls at the world cup today and i mean they're amazing role models what they've done and um no like yeah Michelle Fahey would be a role model for me absolutely and I was delighted to be able to to play with her in Mary um a few seasons ago um it's I think it's really important to have those people to look up that that are there for you for any advice and 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 everything like that too um but no and I even remember back playing football like I I played a little bit of football with my brother's team like under 10 you know because there was no uh, girls club at the time. A few years later, that started. That's thriving. I think that's gone from strength to strength as well. Um, so really, I think if you look across the board, all the different sports, women's sports, it's really growing and, and it's, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about uh, improving, obviously motivation and drive come in. Where does your drive come from to be the best you are now? Is it 
is, is it within yourself? Is it, was it taught from your parents? Where does that come from? I'd have a lot of intrinsic motivation, I think, yeah. Um, just to try reach your, your own potential, kind of setting goals for yourself and trying to to reach those goals on the way to kind of a bigger goal. And um, I think just competitiveness, like I suppose I'd be probably kind of a quiet person off the court. And then on the court, I just change into this competitive athlete, like something inside me, I don't know, um, the intensity of it, the challenge, setting yeah, setting goals as I said um and then when you get the taste of winning which we were lucky enough that we did growing up um in that underage success once you kind of get a taste of that it's like it's infectious it's contagious you want just kind of you're hungry for more of that um so I think that's a huge drive those big days um in Tala uh underage in the cup and the school's cup and and then trying to get back there at senior level and like there's all there's kind of always something I'm still playing you know however many years later and you see yeah those special memories with the people that you're that you're growing up with at a younger age then your teammates at, at an older age become your best friends you know and just to experience success with that definitely is motivation factor too. I actually had that question, a similar question written down of, are you more of a hate to lose type of person or a love to win? Is that, what what <laughs> one is it for you? Oh, love to win. Definitely trying to, to better yourself, to get into those uh, finals. And um, yeah, I hate to, I mean, I probably both, I don't like losing either. Um, but I do think losing, there's valuable lessons in it. And it's hard at the time, but, thinking back now like I I I know we had the underage success um with Mary and with Cal Sanchez but then getting into the Super League we lost the cup final my first two years Super League with Glamour and then we lost in the semi to UL then I tore my ACL and then we went back and won the four in a row cup after that kind of from 2014 to 2018 so it was it's you learn a lot of lessons from losing and kind of reflecting then on you can analyze your performance and see how how you can improve and you remember kind of how it feels to lose you want to improve that you know um so I do think there's lots of lessons in losing um and I think that's good to know because it's hard to know kind of at the time but it was definitely valuable for, for me when I look back when you mentioned setting goals, I get the sense that that was something you did at a younger age and you mentioned your intrinsic motivation, but was there anyone that kind of pointed you in direction of, you know, that, you know, setting goals and, and really targeting things or was that just something you learned over time from playing with some of the other players? That's probably just something over time. I'm, I'm not sure, maybe just little, little goals. It was always kind of basketball and athletics and... I suppose trying to reach your potential, trying to be the best that you can be. Um, I remember in athletics, you could set personal goals a bit easier because you're looking to get PBs, personal bests. And um, in those different events that I was doing, like trying to jump longer, jump higher, knock uh, however many milliseconds off your hurdles time. Or, and then trying to bring that into basketball um, as well, but more kind of team goals um, that we'd set out that we'd want to achieve. So, yeah, I, I think that's good with our setting goals with, with motivation and with um kind of trying to look. I, I, I suppose I'd always kind of be looking forward or, or trying to plan what's coming up next and where you want to be at certain times. So I suppose like January's big month in basketball and what do I want to kind of improve to, to get to this level before then or how can we better ourselves from last season? you know so kind of planning out and setting goals yourself I wouldn't always have like written them down or anything but I think they were kind of always there in my mind yeah okay interesting what what drives you now I'm, I'm jumping a bit forward but when you're you're back playing now obviously you've, you've had Emma but what brought yeah. what brought you back and obviously you played such a high level particularly the second half of the season what yeah what what drives you now to keep going the main motivation coming back after having Emma was um so I played with with Dan Meyer and then I went back and played with Mary for two seasons an opportunity kind of presented itself in a lot of the girls that I played with growing up 
um, were going back playing together, m- mixed then with a lot of the younger ones coming through um, that are hugely talented. A lot of them playing on, on underage Irish teams now and um, and a little bit older. And I just thought that that was, was a no-brainer for me, um, especially when I left Galway um, and went to college. You know, that wasn't up that wasn't an option for me because it wasn't there then and I just thought definitely like this and you know I'd encourage people to take different opportunities throughout their career and um, maybe people were thinking why well, you should go and play in division one now and but it was just special because it's your hometown your home club and and we went unbeaten that year and it was amazing and then I played the following year with them as well we went up super league and we did really well finished third in the league um but unfortunately, the end of that season was cut short because of COVID. So we never played our quarterfinal for the Champions Trophy. Um, and then I moved back to Glamour then. Um, but I never got to complete a full season since then because COVID cancelled another year. And then I played four or five games the season that I was pregnant. So I just thought, yeah, I'd love to complete another season with Glamour, definitely, um, if I can, you know. Obviously, I mean, the baby was um priority and I wasn't in my head. You know, I didn't know any different. I was like, yeah, of course, so like I, I want to play. I'm going to try my best to play, but I didn't really know how it was going to go. Um, But yeah, that was the main motivation to go back and play. I give a lot of coverage to, to players going abroad because I think it's something we don't really cover in the game. And I got a lot of messages about people saying, oh, it's great to keep up because years ago, we wouldn't have known. We would have, you know, heard of people going away yeah. and, and not being able to keep up with it. Obviously, social media has changed that. But for you, you went to Iowa. What was that like? How did it, how did it come? How did the opportunity come up when at the moment it's all about sending tape and you know a lot of it's done maybe on Twitter or social media? How did you get over there? Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, so I went there after my leave insert. Um, it was a lot harder then. So I went in twenty two thousand and eight. 2009 season um so I think yeah there's a lot it's a lot there's more exposure now easier to access kind of tapes to send them and tapes maybe game tape of the school that's recruiting you that you can kind of watch yourself you know so but it was similar we did uh, send tapes of my international games highlight tapes um schools cup games to different schools um I remember going over to a division two school around Christmas time on an official visit, but Iowa State, the opportunity with them came up around the April of my leave insert. So it was like the last kind of signing window. And uh, I ne- never actually got a chance to go and visit them on an official visit, but because it was kind of so late in the year. Um, but yeah, I just jumped at the opportunity. Like this is a big division one school um, and really want like loved the idea of the opportunity going over there so I signed my letter of intent committed to them kind of in April of leaving cert and went away then in August after the under 18 Europeans um so I got the scholarship for four years but I ended up just coming home after one year which was a really tough decision um I had a really positive experience for my year there um I don't regret it in any way and I would encourage um, athletes to go um, and try it out anyway. But for me, like it was kind of the style of basketball. Like I went to play basketball and I wanted to improve my basketball. But it's really important to kind of research and look up the style of basketball that they play. They have their their system. And I just found that a lot, you know, one of my strengths would be my speed and probably came from the athletics and playing off the cuff, playing the fast break. And uh, my team over there didn't have a huge focus on that. It's more kind of slow, structured, a lot of plays and kind of had to be a three-point shooter, like um, really good three-point shooter and the guard really like kind of driving in. And, you know, I'm, I'm a freshman there as well. And, you know, oftentimes freshmen don't play a huge role anyway, but I had to just wait up and say, am I going to improve here? get back to playing kind of the way that I like to play or um, am I okay to stay here and try and change my game and fit into the team and it was a really tough decision Um, um, and as I said I don't regret it at all like we played our home games in front of 8,000 fans every night in in Hilton like it was just unbelievable 
and we went on a fantastic NCAA run that year as well, getting to the lead eight. We didn't win our conference tournament, we lost in the quarterfinal, but we got to the to the tournament and got all the way to the lead eight. Like it was just amazing having the the cameras in the dressing room, like band, cheerleaders, the whole lot. It was it's amazing. Like I'm delighted I I experienced it all. Um but it really was was the basketball and trying to weigh it up. Um and it's a huge decision and like it was a tough decision at the time, but looking back now, like I'm delighted I came back. I got I always wanted to do P teaching. They had it over there as well, but I would have had to do kind of an extra half year anyway, if not an extra year, and then bring it up back to Ireland probably would have had to do some sort of course over here to get it transferred over to be recognized by the teaching council said so that in the back of my mind as well that maybe um getting an Irish degree would would be the better option for me then um so that's what I did that's the thing about and I was talking to Anna McGuire about this before obviously in the states it's a very different setup to Ireland but you go to play college basketball and then you kind of retire unless you play professionally whereas with Ireland you can go and you can come back and we've had so many players that have gone and you know experienced it and said right that's not for me but they've ticked that box they can close the chapter in that and come back and that's the benefit of playing you know being Irish and playing in Ireland that yes you can go but you can always come back the door is always open to come back to Ireland exactly yeah no um and I really enjoyed my experience I would encourage everyone that wants to go to go but definitely to kind of research the team that you're going to watch the game tape trying to kind of visualize your game um fitting into their system um and no like I definitely have like positive experience positive memories from it and good friendships and everything but that I mean that's a huge thing as well you know a lot of my teammates from there some of them went on to play professionally and they'd have to come overseas really um, over to Europe. Whereas, you know, it's 10, 10 years later, more like 12, 13 years later. Um, and I'm still playing Super League over here and, and international and, and different opportunities. So absolutely, you know, um, I just think reflecting on, on your career, like it's um, some, sometimes you think, there's not that many opportunities like it goes fast and it does but at the same time like in your early 30s and you're still playing and that's fantastic about the opportunities in Ireland I really really like that over here. Did you ever consider going abroad when you came back to Ireland kind of going to the UK or or going to Europe at all? Yeah I did um but I remember speaking to a few people about it about the opportunity the, the idea of possibly playing professionally in Europe, maybe after, well, it would have been after my, uh, I finished studying in, in UCC, but then I tore my ACL as well. So that was a bit of a setback in that regard. Um, and then I got kind of my first job teaching and still playing with that. Yeah, the way that it worked was, worked out was when I was in college, played with Glamour, obviously for the three years, then I tore my ACL my last year in college which was almost a blessing in disguise if it could be put a positive spin on that because college just be teaching out and teaching practice then we had college in the afternoons assignments like it was such a busy year so you know training on top of that would have been hard obviously I was in the gym doing my rehab and everything but so I graduated then and I was just kind of coming back from injury um and then I was mad to play for Glenmire again because I was out for the best part of a year and a half so yeah, and then we we won that year. So I think I don't know, just the years kind of went by, and and I was happy playing where I was. Yeah, that's fair. It's a pity in terms of the timing of your career. Obviously, you played underage with Ireland, two thousand and nine. You were part of that that Europe that team that qualified for Eurobasket, but you were kind of robbed of what would have been your prime in the Irish jersey. Does it bother you that you never really, you know, in your mid twenties, you never got the, the chance that was there ten years previously? It was gone from that that point. Yeah, huge amount. Um, like I was lucky that I had the underage. I playing four summers in a row, under 16, under 18 Europeans and just loved it. Um, I'd always tune in like to the teams playing and I love that we can just watch them on YouTube now. I, I just It's great to follow them. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then they stopped so I didn't get to play the under 20s. But that summer I came back from the States, I was with the senior women um and we played so it was kind of over a two-year program then and this was the second 
half of of that and we were we had some home games in in the arena and we went to wait some games and I mean Susan Warren was on the team Shad Aspel Michelle Fahey Lindsay Pete Neve Dwyer like all these in their prime it was amazing and some of us younger ones um getting the experience it was fantastic um but then when it was and we were so close at that time it was so the mo- now it's all the one like but there was division a and division b then and we were in division b but we were so close uh to qualifying for division a um i remember we went to iceland and we lost by a few points in a game that we should have won and it was just such small margins like and you could just feel a pin drop in that bus I remember when we after the game and I'm looking up to all these superstars you know um the girls that we were playing with and you're just your teammates and just how much it meant to all of us you know but I was really rocky like looking up and then when that was taken away it was oh, oh it was really hard it really was um so that was 2009, if I remember correctly. And it, we went to small countries in 2016 in Gibraltar. So there was a couple of trips in between, like with an Irish select team going to Luxembourg. There was a couple of, of different international games. We went to 2013, part of the gathering, we played Wales. Um, but there was no Irish team there for like five or six years. Um, my early 20s to mid 20s, so... Yeah, it's very, it's it's really disappointing thinking back to that. Now I'm happy that I came back and, and got to play in three small countries tournaments, um, and the three x three basketball and, and everything else. So I did get get some opportunities from it, um, but yeah, hugely disappointed. Yeah, when you mentioned the names on that team, two thousand nine, I know it was a while ago, but do you remember what it was like being with them, and and what did you learn from them? Was there anything specific? You just that's a standout memory from sharing the dressing room with those girls um yeah I mean I just remember going to the trains and really looking up to them and just getting the valuable experience from being there it's like seeing how they conduct themselves their attitudes their passion for the game you know and even just having the conversations off the court and you know would be quite enough person probably even quieter then and just just taking it all in to be honest and learning from them um learning from from the trainings but that's definitely a standout memory from that Iceland game um that we were just so close it was really disappointing game um just just underperform you know just one of those days but it really was kind of a turning point in terms of our qualification and had we qualified to division a possibly you don't know maybe they wouldn't have pulled the team when they did um and who like I mean yeah they're such such a good team and we could have you know you don't know but m- m- might have gone on to to play in the division A um mm-hmm. so we don't know but yeah yeah very good all right there's going to be a lot of coaches listening uh particularly and younger girls as well is there any particular skill that you see in the game at the moment in Ireland that we're overlooking as coaches or need to put a bit more focus on is there any what do you think um I think a jump shot in the key is really hard to defend. Um, like obviously your finishes around the rim and if you can get to the basket and get foul, get to the line, like it's really good, really good offensive offensively and your three-point shot, but they're kind of the main, you'd focus a lot on on those two, you know, getting to the rim or or if you have your, your shooters. But I think like it's so hard to defend if you, if you're a threat, I suppose, from the three point line, first of all, but if you can beat your defender, then get into the lane and like pull up there before the help comes across. You know, if if you could do all three, ideally, like you're really hard to guard there. But I think, um, yeah, that's a skill. I just see, you know, going from underage to senior and playing international level obviously the step up and and it's quicker you have to make quicker decisions you have to be more consistent so that kind of comes from confidence from practicing and things but yeah I think I would say the pull-up jumper um from both sides of the floor getting in just being confident hitting that elbow shot elbow jumper getting further into the basket but just before the help comes across because in Europe or at the higher level they're going to be tall girls coming in and a lot of the times you can't get to the basket so if you're confident and, and consistent shooting from there, it's it's hard to stop, I think. 
Mm. When you're when you mentioned the word consistency, I recently recorded with correspondent. It's not out yet, but she mentioned that consistency is a skill, and I thought that was really interesting. Is there any way for younger players listening that they've got feedback and it says you just need to be more consistent? What? How do you how do you work on your consistency? How do you how do you just you know? I was talking to someone before and they said the great players just are just so consistent. They're always a seven out of ten. Yeah. They're not going to be a ten out of ten one day and a two out of ten the next day. How do you develop that consistency? Oh, I think it comes from practice, comes from hours and hours of practice, preparation, being in the gym, on your own, shooting. I just think that builds up your confidence so that it's almost automatic in a game then, you know, um, that like I just think my best games that you think back on, you're almost just in autopilot or you're you're just on another level because you're confident, you're consistent, maybe a few things have gone your way and you have all the skills, they're there, but often you're, it's kind of psychological as well. And if you can get past that in the game, you're almost, you're consistent because you've put in the work and you're just, you're able to perform then kind of when it matters. But it does come down to, to the hard work, the dedication off the, the game court time and um, away from practice. Um, but then I do think that, you know that kind of practicing on your own um is important absolutely but then putting it into a game situation you know you have to make that transition into a game situation and taking your game shots and but you can't really replicate that just practicing yourself so when it comes to maybe your team practices then that you have game situations to put those skills into practice so then when it comes to the actual game you've done both and i just think it comes from having the practice on yourself the the confidence really yeah how often would you have practiced by yourself particularly obviously now family life and, and work has taken over but did you yeah. like how often away from training maybe in the summer would you have practiced by yourself or with a couple of teammates um definitely more I would say we just had a bit more time when I was younger or like I mean growing up and could get into the school gym um, in the mornings, maybe before school or lunchtime. Um, had a bit of that in college as well. Like when I was in UCC, you'd have a class off, you get down to the marriage, I can get some shots up. A bit more difficult when you're working full time then. Um, but so say we train three nights a week, you're trying to get in one or two other days anyway. Um, well, more during the summer, I think, when you're kind of a focus on a particular thing that you want to improve, maybe. But that you can put in the, the work more on your own in the summer and if you have access to a gym yeah I can't remember exactly but you'd want to be shooting the ball every day probably you know every other day at least every second day um to improve those skills to kind of get to, to that level. When we're talking about I, I asked Cora this question as well and when you're at the peak of your powers and you went on this incredible run with 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 Glammeyer, did you ever feel invincible on the court at any game at any level? <laughs> did you ever just have that? You know, people talk about that flow state. Did Did you yeah. ever experience that? Well, it's just that kind of automatic. You're in the zone. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean, but it's hard. Yeah, to, it's hard to explain. Yeah, exactly what she said. Get to that. Yeah, and then you're thinking, gosh, why can't I do that every day, every game? You know, but unfortunately they only come around now and again um yeah I think sometimes you're just so competitive so into the game sometimes that just takes over and suddenly you're scoring shots that you're like I didn't know I I, I could score that that type of shot you know um I can't really remember one exact ones more so even parts of games where you just kind of can turn it on but as I said you know that just doesn't just happen by chance you kind of have to have the hard work in and might come after a lot of games where you're maybe last year at poor performance or you're, you're you're learning from all those experiences um kind of before you get get to that 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 flow state mm-hmm. how do you deal with the peaks and troughs then of let's say you're one one week you're you're on fire you're you're in that flow state next week you might have a slump because we're human we're gonna we're gonna go through difficult situations and you said your ACL the challenges how do you balance yeah. the peaks and drops of your career if you how do you find that balance um yeah that's why I kind of like having 
a job as well, you know, a, a PE teacher and that basketball isn't the main focus because, you know, if I was playing basketball professionally like that, I think I'd struggle with that, that that's the only thing, you know, because you are, you are going to have highs and lows and when you're playing games every week and, and training, uh, you know, you're not going to be performing the exact same way every time um, and depending on the opposition in the game and, 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 and your role on the team or, or whatever, which push. I think there's all, like with basketball and all the regular games, there's always the next game, there's always the next week. Um, you just take it kind of game by game. If you have a poor performance um, or your team, you know, a, a, um, things don't go right for you on in the Sunday game or the Saturday game, you know, you're focused on, on Tuesday night's training and, and getting that right. I would do a little bit of, of reflection on the game as well. Um, maybe watch back a bit of the clips and that's when I think I would set little goals for yourself as well. Like, you know, um, and then if you're trying to improve one aspect of your game in the following weekend's game, um, even if it's little goals like like offensive rebounding or even intensity goals around defense or diving on loose balls or different things like that um, that you can take pride in or look back like they're not always going to be negative as well or I mean your whole performance so look back on the positives maybe look at two or three things you did well and one thing that you can kind of improve and take that into training as your focus for the week and then try to to put it into into the game situation at the weekend but I do think especially at the season like there's lots of games lots of opportunities to improve on those on those and maybe um poor performances but I do like having kind of the jaw or in, in college, you had your college team as well. And you know, like say under 20, you would have had your under 20 team as well. Um, when it's just a Super League team and if that's your whole focus, then it's difficult, you know, um, going into work. Going, I, I do think like have something else as well. Or if, if you like going to the gym, if you like going for a run, other things that can kind of clear your head from it and then always kind of reflect on it and see, well, yeah, I do want to improve that. So how can I do that? Uh, for the next couple of games mm-hmm. it's funny when you're talking about having work and then having basketball I'd be very similar to you I, I can't have all my eggs in one basket like I just panic yeah. like I have to have these different things I can jump in and out of and I I can't remember who it was but there was a clip on Instagram Reels or TikTok where it was a, a college player and she was saying her biggest regret was her whole life was basketball and now she's in college and it's like she doesn't have anything else. Now she's yeah. a great basketball player, she's fabulous and she'll probably go pro and all this stuff but she was, like that was her biggest regret and I thought that was fascinating for younger players that get all consumed by a sport and it's like okay when you get injured and I've talked to so many athletes that are injured it's like you nearly have an identity crisis. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What else are you going to do? So no, I think everyone is different too and some people might love being just a professional athlete or just having basketball and um, but yeah for me definitely like I love I suppose from my athletics background as well growing up I love going for runs and uh, park runs and things like that too um or just having kind of something else but no I would kind of do like reflection and and looking back on kind of your analysis of your game and there's always things that you can improve and you know not to get bogged down too much either because everyone has bad games like it's part of it's just normal part of your career um everyone loses you know taking it's taking the positives from it trying to improve your performance and taking those lot like being aware I think as well as young people like we're not that aware that like losing is normal and just being resilient and being able to cope with those and you're not expected to win all the time and that's okay and that's absolutely normal but you you can try to improve uh, your performance and learn the lessons from the losses. Uh, I feel like we could be here in another episode just talking about the Super League and, and National Cup titles but I want to ask you about the evolution of the Super League from starting from coming into the league and, and moving to Cork and, and properly getting involved to now what's been the biggest evolution has the has the league improved has it gotten worse what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's improved. I think there's a really good standard there now. Um, absolutely. Um, remember, there was a couple of years in the middle. There was no Americans. Um, definitely, when they came back into the league, then like it's good in ways, kind of for the Irish players. But they're always going to help the standard of the game. Um, and 
yeah, I think having the professionals, the Europeans, having the the victory scholars, um, I just think it really heightens the standard of the league and makes it more competitive. And then the Irish players have to step up as well. Um, yeah, so there's more teams in it now as well. You can like there's a team in Galway. There's more teams cropping up that weren't there before, which is great to see. When I moved to Cork first and and started Pete in UCC, Glamour was the only Super League team there. Um, you know, I wanted to play at the highest level and I played with Glamour. Now they have like a link with UCC anyway, UCC Glamour. But there's two other Super League teams there now. So there's definitely been a growth in it, which is great to see. Um, and I think the standard between kind of the older, more experienced players and the younger players coming through are amazing to see and getting better and better each year, I think, um, as well as the, the professional players that come in. Um, no, I, I think it's it's a really good standard this year, and um, like I just really couldn't call it this year at all at the start, and it was so close. There was three or four teams, just neck and neck, kind of at the start, at the first couple of months. Then by December, we had a good run of it, and we were joined with uh, Trinity Meteors for a few weeks there, leading into February, and we went on to to win the Super League with two games to go, which. You know, I'd always be kind of looking ahead, looking at the the fixtures, trying to figure out the different scenarios that it could be uh, towards the end. And I never had us winning like with two games left in the league because it was just that close. There's so much talent in the league spread out a lot, a lot among a lot of different teams. And I just, you know, I just think the league is getting better and better every year. And this year to win with two two games to go, just we were really kind of proud of that when you look at the, the amazing talent um across the teams for all the pros you've played with or against who's been the best import you, you've seen in the women's game in ireland is there anyone or maybe two or three that you can think of that were just just incredible um oh that's a tough question <laughs> i think i'd have to list them all out and go back through them um, I think Rachel Vandewal was absolutely amazing. I know she played a couple of different clubs and um, different levels in Ireland, then went on to play in Europe. But we, she is just such a, such a good player um, to play against in the Super League. That was kind of the first few years of, of Super League for me. Um, this year, Brittany Bird, I don't know if I've played with as good a player. Um, just her ability to to score the ball when we needed it, amazing. Like she could do everything. Um, yeah, I'd have to think about. Like, there's definitely lots of of DCU always have really good Americans, Colester, um, but like, I just think that it's really good to have them there, and they really heightened the the Super League standard, and you just have to raise your game and for for young Irish players for Irish players my age like we need to adapt and and get better uh, to play with them and against them so so no no it's great very good how have, how has your career evolved how have you adapted your style of play to now have you have you made a big shift in your play in term, obviously people will watch you play but in your own mindset and your own ability what have you seen your your own evolution yeah I think like growing up it was a lot of uh, like fast break layups things like that but when you get you're making the transition into senior level basketball and super league standard international like the margins are small especially when you have the americans and you have um the really as we were talking about um as the league is getting better and more competitive you don't have as much time you need to make quicker decisions so i think improving my shot has been a goal like my whole career and I don't know, this year probably shot the ball the best, but I think that was because basketball wasn't my full focus this year. Like I was focused on getting the baby ready so I could go and play the game and, you know, whatever I could contribute then I was happy with. It wasn't like my main focus. So maybe it was a psychological thing for me, but, you know, if I wasn't thinking too much about it, then I might shoot the ball better. But yeah, absolutely. Like um, shooting, getting... uh, mid-range jumpers um as we spoke about just being able to score in different ways you know being versatile with the ball um like I'm talking a lot really on offense but 
defensively is huge. And I find like that the flow of the game and when you get into those, that kind of state that we were talking about, often as a team, when you get into that, like it comes from your defense, it comes from your intensity, you're getting your stops on defense, you're getting those those rebounds, getting those deflections, those steals. Um, so I think, yeah, I think um, definitely from that, the evolution, yeah, I am. Um, I think probably just the speed of it, you have to have different ways, different ways to score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could go back and relive any moment of your career to date, what would it be and why? Do you, do you even a top three? Okay. Um, definitely one of my favorite games was the first time we won the Super League Cup, National Cup. So after, as I said, we lost two finals in a row my first year as a Gore. Then we lost the semi to UL, the unbelievable UL team that went unbeaten for nearly two seasons. Then I tore my ACL. So like, then we got to the final. Paul Keller was coaching us 2014. And like before I got to Glamour, they had already won three in a row. Um, but I wasn't there for any of those. And then we had lost. So this is a first big opportunity after my ACL and after those losses against this unbelievable UL team. Um and it went to overtime and we won in overtime. And I can't remember the score exactly, but it was in the 90s. I think it was an unbelievable game. So I'd love to go back to that. Um, definitely one of my favourite wins. Another one was going back to play with Mary. It was so special. And um, that whole season we went unbeaten and, and winning the cup final there, Division 1. Um, and then even playing Super League, like playing at the highest level in my hometown was really special um so yeah we love loads of of memorable games then so any any of those games playing for Mary yeah I actually I was watching back the 2014 final a couple of weeks ago Paul sent it to me yeah oh. I have the clip so if you don't have it I can send it to you it's oh, oh, yeah. what a game what a game um I wanted another great question this a few of these came from the the Instagram uh, poll or questions box um if you could have one of your teammates attributes what would it be Oh, that's a tough question now. Um, I would say, oh, definitely Michelle Fahey. Back to Michelle Fahey again. I was thinking three-point shooting. I'd always try to be improved my three-point shooting. So someone like Sarah Woods and her shooting and her off-the-dribble shooting. But Michelle Fahey and her passing, like I've never played with or seen a better basketball passer. Like, I mean, so she played with Glamour those few years before I got there. And then I went back and played with Mary. She didn't play the first year in Division One, and she played with us when we were in Super League that year. So finally got to play with her. But I mean, she'd just find you. I'd be under the basket and she, suddenly I'd, I'd have the ball like right under the basket, no one in front of me for an easy layup. Like she'd just find you in spots. You didn't even know you're open and make it look so easy. Um, you know, and her no look passes. Oh, I would take her passing any day. Okay, wow. I'm gonna put you on the spot with this one. Probably should have sent it to you. Uh, any particular underage players or or girls coming up on um that are maybe under the radar we should pay attention to over the next couple of years. Under the radar, um, or any any younger girls coming up that are maybe eighteen to twenty or, or yeah. so. Um, Sarah Hickey definitely. Um. Just that she had a phenomenal season Super League this year. Uh, put it up to, to everyone, especially any times we played her. Uh, she's a huge, huge threat for them. Um, I played with Hazel Finn and Cara McLean in Mary. Loved the way they play and the determination and grit and the speed and looking for really looking forward to watching them play now with the 20s next week. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I love watching like the the underage teams in the summer and um, the 20s, 16s 18s and 20s um and the under 18s last week did really well as well like game six i mean absolutely amazing for them i think they have so many threats as well it's hard to pick out what like because they did really well in their preparation games as well um, and some of the girls stepped up and then like others would step up even in the different games last week. So I think it's really hard to choose as I said, like there's so many 
good, talented girls coming through. And I just hope they all stick it out and play for the next few years and, and take all the opportunities that they can. Brilliant. Uh, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned from sport, Claire? Is there anything in particular that stood out to you? Um, I think sport is really good for teaching resilience. Um, like just, I mean, we touched about it a bit with the highs and the lows and how you're dealing with that. But because that's normal, that's part of it, being aware that, that the losses is not losing games or your injury setbacks. Because that's what life is, you know, and like if you're playing sport those younger years, you kind of get a head start on those life lessons, you know, and being resilient and being able to to deal with with different things that happen on the court. And, and then you're, you know, yeah, you're knocked back a bit, but there's always other opportunities. And um, I just think it's re- that there, there's really good lessons in losing. Um, I know it's hard to to hear at the time, maybe, but when you get to my age you're looking back on your career you're thinking god yeah like we had that real good success the four in a row but what happened the four years before that you know and it really just even subconsciously without knowing you are learning lessons along the way um to do with with, with resilience i think okay very good uh when people think of your name when you, when you do retire don't retire yet i'm not uh, <laughs> advising or encouraging you to do so but when people mention your name, uh, when you when you are inducted into the Hall of Fame, how would you like to be remembered? Um, I think just someone that would always leave it out there on the floor, like gives their all on the court. Um, as I said, I am a quite a quiet person off the court. On the court, I'm different. Um, defensively, just putting their body on the line, get those rebounds, getting out the floor, giving it everything. Um that'd be great if you remember like that um hopefully a good kind of team player and um yeah no like delighted to 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 kind of been on so like I'm really lucky really to be on the teams that I've been on and, and have success but you know it's not an individual sport it, it is all about the team and um as you said they're kind of about life lessons I think another one is teamwork like being a team player and you need that in life and work and in everything family life like just being adaptable and being approachable and being a team player so very good I might cause a bit of controversy with this question but who's the best player in the Rockall or O'Sullivan family (laughs) (laughs) don't worry you don't answer that one I just had to throw it in and I go for my daughter Emma O'Sullivan there you go there you go Uh, I'm going to move on to sideline seven we would Claire, we'll have to do a part two at this point because I've still so much I want to cover if I'm conscious of time. Um, Sideline seven, you prepped for this one, no pressure. Um, question one, what is your favourite quote? So my quote is, success is a journey, not a destination. I just love that one because it is, for me, it's all about kind of the challenge and the enjoyment of the little wins along the way on the journey and talked about kind of smaller goals trying to reach your 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 bigger goal um and then like when you do do win that cup final or make that Irish team and that might be your your big goal but it's not your destination it's not your end point it just kind of makes you hungry for more so it is all about a journey and in that way too you know you are going to have your highs and your lows your good days and your bad days but the journey is the challenge it's the enjoyment it's it's why you do it really Okay, very good. Question two, what's the best sporting event you've been to? And you can pick one as a fan and one as a player. Yeah, so as a player, definitely the 3x3 Europe Cup in Amsterdam in 2017. So played in a lot of the qualifiers and we played in one um, tour stop in the Women's Series in Italy. And there was like Canada and USA and they were all there and it's amazing. But we, we qualified from a qualifier in France that summer and we got to go to the Europe Cup so it's the top 12 teams in Europe um so I think it was the highest level I've played at really internationally um now we didn't get out of our group we played Netherlands the hosts and we played France and we're really close games like always close we're, we're right there in three exterior field but um there was big so it was on in a, a big arena they put the outdoor court and the arena like seating are all around in the middle of Museum Square in Amsterdam and like it was just amazing like it was it was class no I love 
um, arenas and I love following it. I would really encourage people to to get involved in it um, and like the, they're bringing the, the course around Ireland now as they see more and more of um, so I'd really encourage encourage all the basketball players to, to, to get involved in the summer it's fun it's outside the music is on um, uh, so it's really good so um, as a fan I'm going to pick an athletics one for this so I went to the World Athletics Championships and they're in London that was 2017 as well yeah, I mean, my mom went over to watch and we went the day of the heptathlon. So the, hep- the heptathletes were on doing two or maybe three of their seven events. So just from my experience doing the multi-events, the pentathlon was five events underage when I when I ran, but um, kind of the equivalent um, events now, like on, on the world stage and just being able to watch them. Um, big um arena stadium in in london was amazing wow did you get your paris tickets yet have you got any athletics tickets no oh no. i'll be watching them all on the tv yeah good stuff uh, question three what's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career and how did you react to it setback definitely my acl injury happened uh, when i was 21 um so I was, well, we thought it was just partially torn first and had a lot of different MRIs. And so kind of took a few months to actually realize, yes, this is fully torn and needs to be reconstructed. So need the full operation. So there was a bit of kind of hope, like, yes, I probably can play, but maybe it might, I might tear it eventually. But, you know, if I put in the gym work and build it up, I might be able to get through the season. And this is kind of going into third year in college. So, you know, really wanting to play um, and didn't want to be sitting on the sideline for the year. So then I remember going home one weekend and there was a letter there for me from the, the consultant that said he'd looked at it again. And actually, yeah, we need to go in and operate. And it was just devastating. And um, so that got the operation in October and then went back the following September, I suppose, for that season. I was lucky enough. Well, that was one of the years that there wasn't an Irish team that summer. But, you know, so I wasn't kind of rushing back for anything, which having the extra few weeks or months uh, at the end of the rehab was probably was probably a good thing. Um, and thankfully, I haven't had any problems since. Like, It is obviously a long road recovery and the rehab and getting to the gym, doing the exercises. But, um, yeah, no, thankfully, it's been all good since. But that was... A big setback um i was out for for a year and a half or so very good on the flip side then what's been your biggest achievement to date on or off the court um this is a hard one i think the four cups in a row with Glamour is really special equally going back to play with maria really loved um athletics i'd pick the the winning the the pentathlon between ireland and scotland and wales um, yeah and then just the 3x3 and playing at such a high level in that you enjoyed the small country too sorry I don't know <laughs> it's hard to pick one you're just listing everything <laughs> no like it's so hard to pick one I mean I've been so lucky with, with the achievements yeah okay I, I'll give you that one we'll take the few answers um question five looking back uh Claire what advice would you give your 18 year old self you probably you would have been in Iowa at the time or, or about to go yeah I turned 18 just uh, couple of weeks after I got there so yeah I would say um take risks like try to get out of your comfort zone you know and just take the opportunities when they come and if they don't work out you can always change and take it and don't be afraid to take another path if you if you have to you know and if that's the right thing for you to do at the time um I just think yeah like take the opportunities sport it's competitive it doesn't it's not around forever so 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 to take the risk um and also as i said about like just being aware that losing losing games and maybe setbacks are all part of it so you know don't get too bogged down on that know that um you know you will just grind it out it's normal it's part of it and keep working hard um, and trying to reach your goal very good question six who would be your dream dinner guest and why um this one, I always think, like, I'm a huge UConn fan. I uh, love following co- college basketball and some of the WNBA teams too. So 
think some Yukon legends, Gino or Emma, Sue Bird, definitely, um, Brianna Stewart. I'd love to just sit and listen, listen to them. Um, maybe Serena Yanescu as well, thrown in there. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. And you obviously saw the news about a week ago, well, less than a week ago, I think it was this week, we're going to have our own Irish UConn player. That's the biggest ever college signing we've had. So that's going to be really exciting. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so looking forward to following her journey. I wish her all the best. Uh, question seven, final question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, Claire, what chapter would this be called? Uh, do they call it near the end of the career? Maybe the epilogue? Not quite there, but nearly. No, if it's my life, I suppose. Busy family life. Busy family life. I'll leave it there. Claire, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, best of luck with the next season and beyond. I'm sure I'll catch up with you at some point. And thanks again for your time. Thanks so much, Orla.